I had the absolute pleasure of interviewing Megan Nevins Tennant, who is the founder and CEO of a marketing and public relations firm called Flourish. Now that provides consulting and strategic marketing services to small and medium-sized businesses. The other great thing about Megan is that she actually held other senior leadership roles over her career. But how she went from being made redundant in the corporate world to then being out there by herself as a single mum uh, with, with children and what she did to actually turn around and actually start her own business. But what's quite interesting here is that the right people and the right attitude, you know, that's where you'll see your organisation flourish and we talked about that. We also talked about having to let her ego at the door. That's a really interesting um, sort of kind of concept to think about, but also something to do on, on a regular basis. So check that out. The other thing too is she talked about her being a single parent and so forth and what it was like for her to move on in her life as a leader. And the other thing that she shared, which I thought was just superb, was that if it doesn't scare the crap out of you, then it's you're playing too safe. And so for some of you, you may be playing safe today. Hey listeners, let's get into this interview. So sit back and enjoy the interview. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Well, I want to give a big warm welcome to Megan Nevins Tennant, who is my guest for this episode on the Leadership is Changing podcast. Megan, a massive welcome to you. Thank you so much. So glad to be here. Great. Whereabouts are you in the world today? So I am in Huntsville, Alabama, which is about 30 minutes south of the Tennessee border, home to the Space and Rocket Center and lots of other, you know, space and rocket aerospace development here and also home to Redstone Arsenal, which is a big branch of the U.S. Army. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. So do you see a whole lot of rockets flying past you? <laughs> Not flying past us, but definitely on display. Yeah. So we're doing a lot of really neat innovation within the aerospace and space and missile defense arena here. So it's a very exciting, exciting place to live. It's absolutely beautiful as well. So <laughs> yeah. Oh, awesome. And I, the listeners won't be able to see it, but I can see behind you, you've got a beautiful sign there that says, focus on the good. Yes. And I think that's a beautiful sort of <laughs> statement to sort of start on here as well. Now, Megan, I've given the, the listeners a little bit of an introduction to you. Uh, you're the founder and CEO of a marketing and public relations firm called Flourish. Tell us a little bit more about your background. Yeah, so my background is I actually studied hospitality management at the University of Central Florida in Orlando. Didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I loved that industry. And so I sort of fell into that. And fell into marketing, honestly. I started off working for a small engineering company doing sales and customer service, but ultimately it became a marketing role. And I didn't realize that at the time. Um, I've never taken a marketing course in my life. So I'm a little bit of a self-taught marketing professional, but I ran a nonprofit for a couple of years here in North Alabama. After that, I worked for a large ad agency out of New York called McCann Erickson. They're part of the Interpublic group of companies, and um, they held the contract for the U.S. Army account for about nine and a half years. 
So I served on the U.S. Army account for about five and a half of that time, five and a half years out of that time, and supported um, their mission with recruitment efforts along the Eastern Seaboard. Um, and then I worked for a small tech software company here as their director of digital marketing for a couple of years before I was part of the third layoff that they had in the three years that I was there. So I was laid off of my job and started figuring out what I wanted to do. And it was at that time that. My my oldest daughter at the time said, Mom, why don't you just start your own business and do your own thing? And it was a little bit of a dare, but I'm a very competitive person. So I was like, you know what? It challenge accepted. And that was in 2018. So uh, we started Flourish um, in 2018. And now, you know, we've grown like crazy and have pretty much doubled in size year over year, if not more than that. And it's just been a phenomenal journey uh, as an entrepreneur. Never really set out to own a company or start a business. It just sort of happened, which I think is the best way, if I'm being honest, because it's really taught me so many amazing things, not only about myself, but just about the industry as a whole. And so, yeah, so we've been around for a couple of years and, um, you know, just absolutely love what we do. Well, and, and I'm sure some of my listeners are people who are in the corporate world or in, working somewhere and are being made redundant, or possibly there could be some change coming on. What, what was the transition like for you to go from being in that corporate world Possibly salaries, you know, not possibly, but salary happening every sort of month and money going into your account. Then all of a sudden, making that decision to go and start your own business. What was the transition like for you? It was extremely scary and wanted, wanted, you know, made me want to throw up on a daily basis, if I'm being completely honest with you. <laughs> I, yeah. I, again, I never had the intent of going down this path. And I think it's so funny, you know, now I mentor high school students who take entrepreneur classes, um, which is really, really neat. And I've never taken a class on entrepreneurship, never taken a class on any of that. And so definitely a self, self-taught self business owner. But the challenge was one that, to be completely honest with you, I think that being in the corporate world, climbing that ladder for as long as I did, I was, I was very successful in my career, loved my career. But it wasn't until I was laid off and sort of forced to figure out a different path that I was truly energized the way that I am today. I almost feel like I went through a complete transformation at the age of 35. And I'm so thankful that I did because I think I got a little bit complacent in the roles that I was in and got a little bit too comfortable with some of those, the, the progression paths on professional development that were just looking back, I think a little bit too easy and too achievable. And going down this path of, of starting my own business really uh, without having the knowledge around how to do it absolutely, without a doubt, shook me to my core and shook me outside of my comfort zone, which has been an absolute blessing just from a development perspective, both you know personally, emotionally, spiritually. It's really allowed me to discover a side of myself that I didn't really know I, I was capable of being. Um, and so it scared me. It was the, I've never worked harder in my entire life. You know, you definitely don't start off making any money whatsoever. And so that was a big transition going from, you know, that comfortable living style to, to not, but really being forced to figure out how to make ends meet. And, um, you know, at the time I was a single parent of two young kids when this happened. So I didn't really have somebody to fall back on that I could lean on to kind of help me along the way. I just had my kids looking at me and knowing that I was going to try this thing. Um, and they were the biggest cheerleaders I had and still are to this day. But it was such an amazing opportunity and one that as we've progressed throughout time um, has just gotten better and better and better. 
And just, uh, we've been received so well by the community and have just surrounded ourselves with such amazing people. So it's been, it's been a phenomenal learning opportunity and one that I never really expected I would reach at this point in my life. Wow, what a story. I mean, that's, that's an awesome story. And thanks for sharing it because I think there's a lot of people out there who are, you know, probably are complacent in their roles today, who are probably contemplating about going to do a bigger, another role out in another organization or mm-hmm. that they want to start a business. But there, there's that fear of starting or yeah. stepping over or I talk about crossing over that line to go and do what they want to go and do. And yeah, yeah to be encouraged by you know, your children and that, that's great. And having there as support is, is good. But then also being doing it on your own. And then, but then you said a key thing, I think, at the end there, which is about having the right people around you. Yeah, yeah. That, that was one thing that I really noticed early on that, you know, I think being a woman, being a type A personality, you know, with a disc assessment, I'm, I'm a D. So I'm a very strong personality. Um, I like to say I'm the, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I'm the one to kind of raise my hand and say, I'll take lead, you know, just, and sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's not so great, but it was one of these things where, you know, I really learned to be courageous and I quickly had to check my ego at the door and realize what I was good at versus what I wasn't good at. And I very quickly learned that I could not do everything on my own. And in order for me to be successful, I really needed to let my guard down be vulnerable, ask what one would call the stupid questions, um, surround myself with people again that are way better at certain things than I was. And I still do that to this day. So I think, I think that was a big moment for me was really, you know, almost doing that. You've got two columns on a piece of paper, you know, what are my strengths and what are my weaknesses and, and what am I really, really good at? And that's where, you know, 80% of my time should be spent. Um, in order to be the most efficient and impactful individual that I could be. But then also, again, realizing, okay, who is really, really great at these areas that I am weak? I don't have to tackle all of that on my own. And I think as a single parent, you just assume that you have to do that sometimes. And so that was a big realization that I think was very transformative for me um, to, to, to just sort of put that aside and say, it's okay for me to lean on folks who really have that skill set. And this is where they're experts in. And when I did that, it just sped things up so quickly and really allowed me to eliminate a lot of the stress associated with feeling as though I had to carry all of that on my own. But then also recognizing that, hey, listen, you know, this is, I think this is one of a, a strong state that, one, that our team has is saying when a client comes to us with a very specific need, like a lot of companies that could say, sure, we can do that, no problem, because they're wanting to, to make the money. We, we turn business down and we're very honest to say, hey, this is not our area of expertise. However, we know a great resource that we can pull in who is way better at doing this thing than we are. Um, and our clients respect us and appreciate us for being having that honesty and transparency in that dialogue. And of course, it, ultimately, it sets, it sets everybody up for the best successful path forward. So, Yeah, no, that's great. Though I think um, what I'm hearing here, listeners, is you don't have to be everything to everybody is one no. thing. And, th- and that's not just a being an entrepreneur. That's also being, in a, you know, even if you're in a large or small, medium-sized organization, you know, in corporate world as well, you don't have to be everything to everybody. You've got to get the right people around you. But yeah, I love what you're saying about the fact that I know what my strengths are and that's what I need to focus on. I have to get other people in to carry on the, on the other areas. Sure, you could do those other areas. There's no problem there at all. But it's about being a little bit smart to free up your time. Because, you yeah. know, I, I, there's people I've been working with, Megan, and one in particular lately just said to me, oh, but, you know, this and that. I go, well, hang on. Where's the delegation happening? Are you actually delegating? Oh, you know, it's just pretty easy for me to do. And I go, yeah, but then if you delegate, you're going to free up time 
to do the things that you complain about that you don't have time to do. And they're like, exactly. oh, okay. So, um, yeah, it's very good. And I like the other, the other thing too is about ask the stupid questions. They're not stupid, but we feel stupid at times when we're asking right. them. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever been in a meeting and you wanted to ask the question, you thought, nah, that's stupid, and then someone else two minutes later asked the question, you went, damn, I wish I had I asked that question. Oh, yeah. I always tell my kids that, you know. It's like if there's a chance, a chance. If you have a question in class, there some of your classmates will have that same question too. So don't ever feel embarrassed about asking the question. And two, you know, I'm a big proponent, um, you know, especially, and I know we'll talk a little bit about leadership styles, you know, in a, in a bit, but, you know, a big proponent of, you know, ensuring that, you know, our team, me as an individual, anybody, you have to be equipped with the information that you need to be successful. And otherwise you cannot go into a business agreement and discussion an argument, a debate, a marriage, a relationship, anything without context. And if you don't feel as though you have the context in order to put the best foot forward, you are going to be a disservice in that particular engagement or relationship. So I'm a big proponent of of asking for context to ensure, okay, what I heard you say was, you know, we work in communications and, you know, oftentimes men will say blue, women will hear red, right? So making sure that we can really break down any of those communication barriers. And oftentimes that comes from, from the lack of context behind one's opinion or perspective on things. So going back to the stupid question, you know, you may say something, but I understood it a different way. So in order to ensure that I understand it the way you're trying to communicate it, I do have to ask those questions. And they're not stupid. They're questions that um, will only set us both up for a more successful engagement. Yeah, very good. And then the other thing you said a little bit earlier on, it was the fact that leave your ego at the door. How do people do that? I think they have to, you know, I think they have to do that through going through bad experiences Uh and thinking that they know everything. You know, a full transparency, I had to reach a really, a really low point in my life for me to be um, shook the way I needed to be shook to realize that I didn't have it all together. I'm a very, very competitive person. I'm Irish Catholic, so extremely stubborn. And, you know, with that comes the, and then again, being a D personality comes the, well, I can do this just as better, you know, just as good as anybody else. And I need to know that I, you know, and, you know, when you're sort of at a low point in your life and you realize that, you know, maybe I wasn't the one who needed to do all of these things and maybe I wasn't the right fit for a team environment and maybe I was the challenge and maybe I, you know, so you start to do a lot of reflection and you start to do, you know, a lot of uh, just sort of questioning things. And I don't mean this to say, you know, looking back and, and being upset or disappointed or in despair over how I handled certain things, but it's reflecting on, okay, well, you know, could there have been something that I could have done differently? Could there have mm-hmm. been a different way that I could have approached a situation? And again, really realizing that you don't have to know it all. You don't have to have all of the answers. You don't have to be in full control. You know, I may be a CEO of, the, of this company, but you better believe that I've got a team who can run circles around me in many areas. And I love that so much. I specifically look for individuals who are way better at things than I am because I don't want another me. I don't need another me. Nobody needs another me, right? <laughs> so, so it's, you know, it's really a matter of just being honest and realistic with yourself. And I think for me personally, when I was able to do that, and again, being very, putting myself in a vulnerable position, that's where I found true power. And that's where I discovered true growth. And that personal and professional growth was one that I became addicted to, if I'm being honest. Um, that was one that I was very, very tra- uh, surprised at the age of 35 to realize that I could still experience that much personal and professional growth. And it became an addiction for me, a good addiction. 
And so, you know, I, I share often that, you know, the, the amount of experience that I've gained in the last five years, without a doubt, trumps the 15 years prior in the corporate world, truly because of the experiences that I've had and the self-reflection that I've been able to take part in throughout that process. Well, so listeners, I hope you're taking heaps of notes here because what Megan is sharing is just pure gold. <laughs> right, The right people with the right attitude means that you're going to be able to flourish, which is really quite yes, cool. So absolutely, yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So Megan, tell us a little bit more about how you got into leadership. Yeah. So, you know, with, I mean, I guess with leadership, I've always been a, I've always been a natural leader. I really have. Um, I've always been one, you know, when I was in college, I I started the student chapter of organizations for the first time and led, you know, fundraising teams and, you know, was, was, you know, running for office in, in different areas when I was younger. And again, I just, I really love taking lead on certain things. I love cheering other people on. I love supporting other individuals. I love, you know, strategizing and creating something. And so I think it's just been a natural tendency for me to want to take that lead. Being the youngest of four, I think that I probably felt as though my voice needed to be just a tad bit louder growing up um, in order for me to be heard the way that I wanted to be heard. And so I think it's just sort of worked out that way. As I said, you know, I've never, I never really had the intention of going down this path and starting a business and building a company and creating a great team. I just did what I do. And, and it's just happened, you know, and it's just worked out really, really well. And so, you know, I think that, you know, leadership for me is one that really transfers across all aspects of life and really carries just so much, so much honesty and so much transparency to others. And, you know, and in, in, in one where, you know, really being able to understand humility and really being able to understand empowerment and not empowerment for yourself, but empowerment with others. And, you know, and having, having kids, you know, anybody who has kids know that, you know, you, you have a little mini you in front of you and you have an opportunity to kind of shape and mold and learn. And, um, and, and, you know, I, there, there's, there's many mistakes I've certainly made as a parent, but there's also a lot of great things that I, that I think I've achieved as well. And that, that definitely transfers over into, I think, being a good leader. And it's just being understanding and, and, and having empathy and, um, you know, modeling desirable behavior, you know, which I think is really, really important. That whole do as I say, not as I do thing, like that just needs to go out the window because there is no possible way that I could expect my team to level up in the same way if I'm not doing it myself. So I think it's just a, a matter of being really mindful of that and, and being really cognizant of your own actions and being very self-aware. Um, which I think oftentimes not a lot of people are are very aware of how they come across and how they communicate and how they engage with others. And they, they can sometimes be a bit clueless, if I'm being honest. So mm. having that self-awareness, I think, is extremely important. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, the self-awareness is powerful. And you're right. Sometimes people are clueless. They don't know what they don't know. And mm-hmm. um, if the self-awareness is there, then they can adjust. They can do things. And it's so important. Now, talk about role modeling and, and, and so forth. The question I've got here, now this person can be alive or from history, who is your favorite leader and why? So I, that this is a challenging question because I think right off the bat, my mind was like, it's my dad, you know, yeah. you know, who passed away last year. And, um, but he's just, he's always been my biggest cheerleader and always been someone who really believed and pushed me beyond the limits that I thought I was capable of. And I think that that was something that really was instilled at me at an early age. I've seen a very similar trait across different leaders that I've had the fortunate chance of working alongside, you know, when someone else can see the capability and, um, you know, opportunities within you that you can't see for yourself and really trusting you to achieve 
what it is that you want to achieve. And again, embracing you by providing empowerment and encouragement and trust. Those types of things I think are really, really important. I've One of the leaders that I've recently gotten hooked on is Ed Milet. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with who Ed Milet is, but he's an author and he um, he recently released a book called The Power of One More. And that book for me is absolutely transformative. It's such a, it's such an easy read. You know, he does the audiobook on Audible himself, but it's a phenomenal opportunity just to think about how to challenge yourself and others. But his perspective on the world is something that is just so it it's fascinating, if I'm being honest. And and with him, you know, he's he's gone through a lot of really, really tough times to get to where he's at. And I think I think a lot of good leaders have those stories where they thought they knew it all and they had the big ego and they had the nice cars and they had this and they had that. And then all of a sudden something completely shakes them to the core. And, you know, takes all of that away and really shows their true self and shows them their true self. And they're forced to make decisions that they've never, it's very uncomfortable, you know, that mm. puts you outside of your comfort zone. Um, so he's, he's a very inspiration, a big inspirational figure to me. But I think, you know, my dad did that too. You know, he would always kind of challenge me and say, well, what if you tried that? Or what if you tried this, you know? And of course you're capable. You just have to start, you know, you just have to to put one step in front of another, one foot in front of another and just do it. Um, And I think, you know, as you know, I mean, in this world, you have to take risks. You have to take risks. And I tell people often that, you know, starting a business was something that, as I mentioned earlier, makes you want to vomit a little bit. Uh, (laughs) But if it doesn't scare the crap out of you, it's probably too safe. So I'm, I'm very, I'm a big proponent of that. Like, let's take risks. You have to take risks. And I think when you do that, you prove to yourself that, hey, if I fall, if I stumble, if I fail, I'm still able to get up and the world is not going to collapse. And I think the more you do that, the more risks you can take and you can be, but you're risk averse, right? So you're, you're able to understand some of those challenges and, and make the decisions that perhaps you would you know, really be apprehensive about doing and, you know, because you're, un, you know, you don't know about what the outcome would be. Yeah, cool. Have you met Ed yeah. yet? No, no, I yeah. have not, so but I would so love I'll to. A, I'll let you on a secret. I just, he's one, there's a few people that I actually love to have on the podcast as well in the future. And he's one of them that I'd like to actually bring on as well, uh, which is yeah. really, really cool. Now, whether you're dad or Ed, you choose. If you were sitting on a park bench with one of them and you wanted to ask a question, what question would you ask them if you two were having a coffee together? Holy cow. Well, I'm going to have to say my dad. I have mm-hmm. to because he's not here anymore. So I have to, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that if I could have the opportunity to see him again, I certainly would. You know, I think the question that I would probably ask him, oh man, that's a, that, that's a good one. So I think what I would ask him is I would ask him to reflect on his life. Um, and I would ask him to say, you know, if you could, if you could give me a piece of advice knowing where I'm at right now, what would it be? And the reason why I think that's so important is that, you know, he has been, had been through many, many, you know, difficulties in his life, but um, he, you know, was a commodities trader on Wall Street, made a ton of money early on in his career, very, very successful, you know, very good looking man at a young age, you know, was a ladies man and just had, had a slew of experiences thrown his way. But he also came from an environment growing up in Washington Heights. In, in Manhattan where he was poor, you know, his family was poor. There were five brothers living in, you know, downtown Manhattan and had very, very little money. And so, but then to go from that to great success, and then he kind of went through another dip later in life where he wasn't that successful. And then towards the end, you know, he battled cancer for eight months before he lost his battle to that cancer. 
And I think when you go through, you know, those scenarios, man, is there a ton of reflection there to really realize what's important and what's not important. And it's not the money. It's not the cars. It's not the houses. It's none of that. And I think that, you know, for someone who in his prime was a hustler, uh, you know, for him to be on the other side of that journey, doing a reflection on, you know, what truly matters. I mean, I think that would really be what I would want to focus on for that discussion. Yeah, beautiful. I think that's that's awesome. And, you know, uh, that's so true about there are some things in life that are just simple, that are the real important yeah. things where, you know, some people are looking for the money and looking for the title, looking for the prestige and that there's so much more to that. It's more, so more much to more life. to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, and yeah. I and I think you know, early on, I was definitely focused on that. I mean, I was definitely focused on, you know, I wanted I wanted to get the best job out of college. I wanted to be the first one in my class yeah. to get a job offer. I wanted to get this job, this job, and every time I would get a job, you know, one of the one of the first few questions I would ask in starting is, "What does the trajectory look like? You know, what does my professional development look like? How can I get to the next step, the next step, the next step?" And oftentimes, when you'd be so focused on that, you're not paying attention to the present. And I really lost sight of taking advantage of what was right in front of me because I was so focused on the what if, you know, versus what is. And that was a big lesson learned that took me a long time to get to. And it's also one that I have to be very sympathetic towards um, some of my younger employees now because, you know, they start and they, and I, they won't come out and say this, but they want to update that LinkedIn profile to show that progression right? And show those job promotions at work. And, and there's their social proof, you know, associated with that, which I think is really important to younger generations. And I have to be very mindful of that because of course, now I'm like, that doesn't matter. It matters to them. Um, but they just, they haven't gained the necessary perspective to recognize that, that it's not all about that. There's so much more to it. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think the other thing you said, which is really important, which is around the actual paying attention to the present. And I think listeners, if you are somebody who comes home and you're still thinking about work, whether you're an entrepreneur or working in a large organization or small organization, and you're not with your partner, your family, and being present there, it's really important that you are. So put that phone down, switch off from work, and switch into where you are. That's it's really, really key, and, and it's very important. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I love that. You know, that, and, and too, you know, when you, every day when I pull into the garage at my house, you know, my nine-year-old son opens the door and waves me in like he's a traffic, <laughs> like a traffic cop, you know, yep. and he welcomes me home. Yeah. And and I'm like, I, I know how to pull into my driveway, but this is the role that he plays, which is adorable. And, you know, if I get out of that car and I'm on a conference call or I'm on a this or I'm on a that, immediately that shows him that he is not my priority. And, you know, you have to set those priorities. And, and Ed Milet points that out very well in his book, which was eye-opening to me because my husband and I, you know, work, both work for startups. And so it's like, we're, there is no eight to five, nine to five. Um, it is all the time, you know, and so our lives are just blended in that way. And we manage it really well, but it can also get out of control very easily if it's not paid attention to. And so it's one of these things where you've got to get yourself into a conditioned habit where when you're with your family, you are you are present and you are there 100%. And when you're at work, you are there 100%. And your team knows that, your family knows that, they respect that. And you have to put those boundaries on your own life because nobody else is going to do that for you. And I just, I love that, that concept of really being able to condition others in your world and in your bubble to understand that there are boundaries and those need to be respected. Um, but yeah, you know, the priority thing is one where, you know, again, I love that because you've just got to really maintain the presence and being in the moment, uh, which is just so, so critical. Yeah, very good. Now the show is called Leadership is Changing. When I say that title or that statement, what does that mean to Megan? Oh, cow. Well, I think that, you know, 
number one, I think leadership is is always changing. It has to constantly evolve. Um, you know, there's no book that was published in the 70s that is relevant, you know, now at a hundred percent. And so, you know, leadership to me, uh, when I, when I think about you and, and what you do, you know, I mean, leadership is always changing and your leadership has to be able to change to adapt to environmental, societal, cultural changes. I know we've all experienced a lot of changes over the last couple of years, but man, since the pandemic, leadership has completely changed. It has to. And for those that haven't adjusted and adapted to that are are probably no longer in a leadership role where they have a team that is that's got their back. And, you know, I think that, you know, as leaders, you know, it's especially the last couple of years has taught us about the value of health and wellness of our teams um, being, you know, being sure being making sure that we can be more empathetic and sympathetic to the environments that are, you know, outside of our work, you know, being really mindful of our behavior focusing on the relationship building and building trust with others. You know, le- leaders to me are, are individuals who ask a lot of questions, ask for your feedback. Mm. Again, model, model that same behavior, um, put that trust in me. That way I can feel empowered to go do my job as opposed to micromanaging and kind of hovering over your shoulder on, on every single project. So I think that leadership is changing. It, it needs to, it needs to continue to change. It needs to evolve. And, you know, the leadership style I mean, is, you know, we, I've got my leadership style umbrella, but for each individual that I work with, I have a different approach with each of them because everybody is completely different. You know, you can never be able to, to cast a net with an approach and expect everybody to respond the same way because everybody's personalities are very, very different. And so you have to be very adaptable to that and be very cognizant of that and, um, you know, not be tone deaf to the world around you. You have to pay attention to your team and adapt based on their needs and, and based on what is best for the organization. Yeah, very good. Awesome. So we, you sort of touched on a little bit just before, but, you know, even from a marketing perspective, from technology, from business, social data, things are getting faster and faster than what we're seeing in life. And um, mm-hmm. so what, do you, what else do you think it makes leaders successful in today's fast-paced, ever-changing world? Oh, wow. Well, I think it's, you know, I think it's definitely recognizing, recognizing the world around you and how you need to adapt to it. So for example, you know, technology is advancing at a way quicker rate than Mm -hmm. humans are evolving. (laughs) I mean, that's just the the most simplest form of it, right? So, you know, my, my 17 year old daughter, you know, who has literally grown up with the internet at her fingertips um, since she was a baby, um, her, her body, her mind, you know, her intellect, has not progressed as quickly as technology has. And so what does that mean? That means that she's overstimulated. It means that she has so much coming at her at all different angles and she's not necessarily equipped with how to deal with it. I also think that, you know, it it sucks out one's ability to be independent and independent thinkers because we rely so heavily on technology to do simple things for us. And so what that does is it, it takes away the grit and the determination that I think comes from truly hard work. Um, and I, and I realize that this is not applicable to everybody in every industry, but I think it's something that is extremely important as leaders, especially nowadays. We have to be very, very agile. We have to be very lean with our approach. Um, we have to be very flexible with things. Um, we have to be okay to fail because failure is how we learn. Um, and failure is how we're able to, you know, find, identify problems and be able to build solutions. And so I think just being able to, uh, you know, move at a fast pace, yet be aware of, you know, potential risks associated with that, I think is just key. It's key. And it's yep. hard. It, it's hard to stay on top of that, you know. 
Um, but I think it's just a matter of being mindful and being honest and being transparent. But then also too, you know, leaning on your solid team to contribute content and contribute the, the direction that that they think we should go. I strive very every single day to ensure that my team has just as much of a vested interest in the success of our company as I do. And that is that's a really hard thing to do. It's it easier, I think, for me to do because we have a smaller team. Uh, I can't imagine that was an easy thing to do at HP. But there's a reason why you have been so successful, right? Because you've probably figured that out in some capacity. And that's not an easy thing to do. But I think it boils down to those core fundamentals of being a good leader and it just starts from there, you know, and when you build those relationships and you have that um, openness with your team, you know, the, the sky's the limit. Yeah, sure. And I think, you know, we all still keep learning, right? We're all still learning lots of things as we go along. And I think the other thing you said here before, before is about being the independent thinker. I think that a lot of people have lost that and that critical thinking is really important. Um, so I, I think agree. it's something, something that they need to look at. Yeah. Now, you and I have been talking about leadership and leaders. Let's change lens now and let's talk about the employees from an employee's perspective. How, you know, what what expectations has changed around leadership and their leaders? As it relates to employees and just employees feeling more empowered to, yeah. I mean, be in their role. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. so I think, I think, that well, I think that, you know, employees themselves are, you know, interesting. The demographics behind different generations are very, very different. And, you know, for us in particular, you know, we work with a lot of younger, um, you know, younger millennials who um, are fresh out of college and frankly had a very different experience growing up than I did. So the resources that they had at their disposal were, were also very different than, than what I had. But I think as employees, you know, and I'm an employee, right? I'm an employee of this company. And I think that as employees, we have such a, an opportunity to be, um, I don't want to say self-sufficient, but there's so many resources available to us that can help us strengthen, you know, our core skill sets and really help us define um, you know, where that we want to go. I love the fact that at any moment I can download a book by Ed Milet and listen to that on my run. And at the end of it, I can feel like I can go conquer the world. You know, that wasn't an easy thing to do, you know, 20, 30 years ago, right? So I think employees now, you know, have the ability to really help shape the path that they want to be part of. I also think that this world is completely changing. It's completely changing. You know, I'm a big proponent of um, Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't know if, if he's on your wish list or not. He's pretty, he's not for everybody. He's for me. He's not for everybody though. Do you, do you know, um, when, we, when we launched the podcast, he was number 10 overall uh, in the business category and I was number 11. And it was like, <laughs> so I was quickly taking screenshots, you know, like, cool, look at this. I would too. Oh, I would hang that everywhere. I would be so, that, that's what a huge, a huge milestone. Congratulations to you. Thanks. He, he's amazing. He really is amazing. And his, I love his style in that he's very much like, Hey, you do what you want to do. You know, like if you want to go, you want to go climb that mountain, go climb the mountain. Just because you're not in a, you know, a sort of mountain climber doesn't mean that you can't achieve it. Like you, you are capable of doing anything. You just have to try. And I love his mindset because his mindset is very organic and it's very non-traditional. And I love that because, you know, when I was younger, it was, if you didn't go to college, you weren't going to succeed in life. Like if you, if you did not go to school, you did not get a four-year degree, you were not going anywhere. Guess what? Now I don't, my kids don't need to go to school. They don't at all. They have the tools and, and the skills that they need 
to achieve anything that they want to achieve. And so I think that the world is changing. Therefore, the opportunity for employees is also changing. I think we have a lot more control over creating, you know, the position or the role that we want. Um, I love the fact that, you know, you can go to a CEO of a company and say, here is what this company needs that we are lacking. Here are, you know, some of the weak areas that we could really use this type of position in and create a position you know, that maybe didn't exist previously. I think a lot of leaders are, you know, that that mindset of the traditional workforce is no longer. It can't be because it's not what's going to sustain, you know, their economic growth moving forward. You have to be able to be, again, to take risks and be agile and all of that. So I think employees are in a, are in a phenomenal place as long as they you know, have that confidence in themselves. Um, they do their due diligence to ensure that they're equipped with the tools they need to be successful in whatever role that is. And, and you know, the beauty of being able to start a business, you know, and, and you have so many resources at your disposal. I mean, it, I love the fact that you can learn anything anywhere at any time. And so I just, I can't imagine what the workforce will look like, you know, 15, 15 years from now, it's going to be very, very different, which is just extreme. It's extremely exciting. And one thing I will say, you know, going back to the example with with the college versus non-college, um, there's there's a lot of students that we interview, that we mentor, we do internships with and all of that. And, you know, the curriculum that they learn is not relevant to the no. real world. No. It's just not. So that whole I need a degree is really no longer a necessity, at least in this industry. It's not. And I, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I think I'm proof of that. You know, I never, I've never taken a marketing class in my life and I'm running a successful business, right? So I think, I mean, that to me is something that I would really encourage, um, you know, the younger generation to really explore. And you don't have to do all of these things just because your parents or grandparents did. Um, you've really got a lot of, a lot of greater opportunities at your disposal. I'm sitting here laughing to myself because I can imagine now, mom, Dad, what? Oh, I've been listening to this podcast called Leadership is Changing, and this lady, <laughs> Megan, says I don't need to go to school anymore. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Save yourself all that money in college tuition. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? But you're so you, right you, because... You, you, you're so yeah. right because I think there is a lot of things that we don't get taught. And I, you know, you see mentioned earlier on about the mentoring at schools and so forth. It's te you're teaching kids now about entrepreneurship and that, and it's just missing. And it should be there. And I think it's really important yeah. that 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 we should be doing this, uh, which is really important. Now, you mentioned about yeah. things in 15 years' time for employees and the resources and that. If I get you to get your crystal ball out now and start thinking about the future, where do you see leadership being in five years from now? Mm -hmm. It's a great question. I think leadership in five years is one that um, is going to be a much more collaborative role. Mm -hmm. I definitely think collaboration is key. Just my personal opinion. Can you have a CEO of a company who sometimes has to make those hard decisions and, and be the face and all of that? You can, but I think that it's a very, very collaborative place that is not, shouldn't be lonely. Um, you know, you hear that, you know, phrase of, you know, it's, it's very lonely at the top. You know, leadership can be very, a very lonely place. And I understand that. I really do. Um, I, I get that because I've experienced it personally. And, you know, the more senior you become in a role, the less friendly you can sometimes be with some of your, your um, you know, colleagues at work. And, you know, maybe that's just an environmental thing. But I really think that, you know, the future of leadership is really going to be focused more on collaboration and focused more on input and change and 
um, the ability to uh, move at a pace that perhaps is uncomfortable to people. Um, I think you have to. Technology is, is operating at such a fast pace and it's very, very hard for anybody to keep up. Um, and there's a lot of smart people out there doing amazing things. Um, and so, you, you know, we can't sit on stuff for too long and and expect to make, uh, you know, transformative change that, you know, is going to appease our stakeholders because we're just never going to make it. Yeah, wonderful. Megan, hey, thank you for joining me on today's episode of the Leadership is Changing podcast. If our listeners are wanting to get hold of you, how do they do that? Yeah, so I would definitely check me out on LinkedIn, Megan Nivens Tannett. I'm on LinkedIn. I know you'll include that in the show notes. And, you know, our business has flourished. Uh, again, we're a Huntsville-based marketing and public relations agency. Um, and so you can find us online at flourishconsultingservices.com. Um, and I, yeah, I look forward to connecting with your audience. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. That's awesome. There you go, listeners. Another wonderful episode on the Leadership is Changing podcast. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world. 